The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. and welcome to 3CR's Spoken Word. My name is Ella Fanelska and my guest in the studio today is Krish Prasad. Krish Prasad is an Indian-born spoken word artist and performer whose work is based around deconstructing human relationships and behaviour and providing perspective on how one's everyday struggles with life and its challenges are a new universal experience. Using biting humour, theatrical betrayals and sudden changes in tempo and intensity, he creates an authentic representation of the modern human and his war with identity. listening to 3CR's Spoken Word and my guest in the studio today is Krish Prasad. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Um, Now, we just heard a little bit of a track called Homelands by... Nitin Sone. Thank you so much for that beautiful pronunciation. Um, (laughs) This leads really nicely into my first question, Krish, about um, home. Um, and I know that through um, being familiar with your work that this is kind of a topic and particularly the idea of um, identity. So I wanted to um, just deep, uh, jump straight into that. Um, what would you like to tell us about your concept of home? Um, well, I've always felt, um, personally speaking, that you can either feel at home everywhere or you can feel at home nowhere. And they pretty much work out to be the same thing, that you feel the same way everywhere in the world you go. Um, I've often felt that living in a city like Bombay for a very long time in Malaya, a city which is quite like none other, uh, you get a feeling of what it is to be in close contact with a ton of people. Um, 
and in that time I've learned that people watching is one of the favorite things my, my favorite things oh my god absolutely particularly for a writer hey? oh yes <laughs> uh and the fact that people are believe it or not pretty much the same all over the world um the 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 unique little experiences we have um the way we interact with people in our society or indeed out of our conventional bonds of society is pretty much the same all over the world um and i like seeing that because it gives me this sense of uh, a higher belonging a higher identity amongst just people who are separated by geographical boundaries but in a larger scheme of things are the same absolutely they are the same uh, so for me home has always been a place where you have conversations uh, will people relate to you or uh, are people who express things that you want to be said right uh and i believe i have found that kind of connection wherever i lived because i recognize that in people that they want this sense of community this sense of belonging this sense of yes he knows what i think about he knows what i'm talking about mm-hmm. and that's always been home to me mm-hmm. that sense of belonging and i look for it everywhere i go krish will now share a piece with us called brunswick there's a man screaming on my 55 tram not blood curdling really just sort of desperate as if he says look at me i exist and i'm a part of your existence now i shrug and touch on me mikey can't have that 75 dollar fine now can we that's okay i'll rack some avos from the safeway later what can i say it's brunswick and later as we find ourselves trudging down sydney road sidestepping the sea of humanity we scream off to coburg with you but not out loud as we are inoffensive like that all talk little bite grab an organic free range pint glass and fill it up with the bitter and yell out visions of revolution and revolt cuz it's brunswick a man shows off his newborn beard to another beard of a similar age and look a new tattoo how perfectly lovely and he has a new haircut and she has a new haircut and he has a new outlook about life and she has a new outlook about life we all have a new outlook about life it's replaced the old one and i wish i knew what that was but it doesn't matter we are all one in brunswick bikes and skateboards and bikes and skateboards Did I mention bikes and skateboards? Non-polluting if you discount the masses riding them up and down Sydney Road in an endless line, sometimes cruisy, sometimes a death trap. And they all have a new outlook about life as well, but I digress. It's easy to in Brunswick. Hippie culture versus gentrification, a long drawn-out battle. A warehouse gets cleared up and auctioned and 2 weeks later Bunnings how wonderful hey small time the man is here and he won't like what he sees in Brunswick tagging and art but mostly tagging op shops and dollar stores and salvos and savers 
rack em up and strip em down, buy this for a buck and that for fifty cents. Why, yes, I'll have a coffee. Let's have four, then. Make sure it's humanely slaughtered coffee beans made by the indigenous people of wherever. Hey, Ginsburg, here lie the true angel-headed hipsters of our time, but don't you worry, they'll die soon enough the second they leave Brunswick. Speaking of Brunswick, Krish, um, do you classify yourself as a hipster? I I think it's uh, it's become quite apparent that once you live in one of Brunswick, Fitzroy, or Collingwood for any period of time, you're automatically branded to be a hipster or a variant. <laughs> um, and it's very apparently it's very hipster to be hating on hipsters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a self fulfilling prophecy yeah. kind of deal. Um, yeah, I guess so. I would consider myself. Hipster, if that's like a ad- identity thing, yeah. uh, but mostly I, I'm just a vegetarian with a beard. So oh, it, that's hipster. That's hipster, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So I'd say I'd, I'd say I fit the definition of it. Yeah. 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 No, that's interesting because I've never really thought of myself as a hipster either. And the more time I spend in this corner of the world, yeah. um, we're speaking from Smith Street here, um, because of the radio show, I just feel really comfortable and I'm like, does this mean I'm a hipster? And good friends of mine um, overseas say, you are so a hipster. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm embracing it. So. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it comes down to a simple question. You ask yourself, am I happy being here? And the answer to that is yes, it doesn't matter. That's right. And what whether you're a hipster or not, right. really? That's right. If it wants to get labelled that way, then oh so yeah, yeah. I mean, labels are the way we see each other in society. It's just, it's got its it's got its merits and it's got its obvious demerits. Ah, uh, but for the most part, I'd say I'd be okay with the hipster label, <laughs> if for comedic purposes yeah. anyway. Well, that's right. Once you kind of, I think once you own it, then uh, you can really relax and just enjoy it. And like me, like I love wearing any kind of animal print, you know, and it's so tacky, but it's like if you own it, it's just fun and it's playful. And right. It's, yeah. You know, whereas if you were trying to not be hipster or you were trying to be very cool, you would not do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Self-aware parodies. Exactly. Um, almost. Exactly. Yeah. Since I love those kind of movies, yeah. I'd say yeah, you're slowly convincing me into to, into being at more peace with myself <laughs> with that particular aspect. Absolutely, and I think particularly us being like we within the poetry community, and you yeah. meet a lot of bright characters, and so you just kind of feel a bit more at ease with it. Oh, way more at ease. Yeah. I mean, I I would not live in any other place in Melbourne. I I love Brunswick. Mm. That's the area that I live in, and honestly, uh, I think it's one of the best decisions I made uh, in choosing a place to live when I moved to, to Melbourne about four years ago. Uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed being in Brunswick with the local bookstores and uh, the local coffee shops because you have to see like the, things like these are not as common in, in India mm-hmm. as they are here. That's very interesting. Yeah, the concept of the coffee shop is... Um, as as a as a separate entity is is, is still new uh, i feel um in india like like chain coffee stores and okay. stuff like that i mean they've been around for a while but for us uh it's mostly when you say coffee shop in in my head it's you know roadside coffee stall 
Um, you just it's like a function, you know, get no, coffee, not a not yeah. A it's it's almost like a social event, yeah. really. It's during the day you work for a while and then tell your few friends, oh, let's go have cup of tea and the, the tea vendor is right outside your office and just go out and have a bit of fresh air and then get back to work. Would you say that the hipster culture is in India or not at all? Um, I suppose not. Uh, not in the way that it's visualized here or viewed here. Yeah. Um, what would be considered um, hipster uh, in 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 Brunswick would would totally not be considered that in yeah, India. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. drinking coffee and all of those things which yeah. are associated with hipsters are just what about place. the fashion side of it in India? Like the look is that there? Uh the strangest thing is that a lot of um, fashion and and clothes and accessories and all of those things that that are used. In Bombay, I talk about Bombay yeah, specifically sure. because India is massive. Absolutely, uh, is a lot of it is is Western, but we have our own unique take on it, which which makes it quite quite cool in my eyes. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've we've done all the floral prints and all of that, all of all of the big stamped prints. Yeah, we've done those things, and we've pulled them off quite honestly. But then again, we look good in most things we wear. <laughs> Owning it. Awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. Krish will now read his piece, Bombay. Bombayim, Good Bay, Bombay, Mumbai, Bombay, Heptanesia, massive, breathtaking, loud, colourful, chaotic, vibrant mess. Seven islands pulled together by man's will, nature, you shall not deny a masterpiece curry of sand and dust and concrete and wood and steel and the dreams of millions served with a generous supply of cynical naan bread. A dense haze of the spirit of industry and a sweaty brow in every corner spread thin on you like a dust tattoo and each individual with a unique one. A desperate rush to be anywhere and everywhere and ending up nowhere. Stuck in a rickshaw, a taxi, a car, a bus, a train, a bike, a scooter, yelling at whoever is near you. Look up. The sky is no solace. It's as red as you are. Look down and the ground is invisible under the pounding of feet. Try. Try to wander your own land. I don't know how I can. Because I've seen things, man. I've seen train carriages look like stuffed Christmas stockings and I've seen those same stockings crumble from the bomb that blew it apart. I've seen cars snake along the seacoast and I've seen men come over that sea in the dead of the night and hold my city for hostage. I've seen massive throngs crowd the streets in a cacophony of noise and colour and celebration to immerse the elephant god and I've seen those same throngs bay for blood and kill their brothers. I've seen dogs and dogs and dogs and cows and cows and cows and people and people and people. I have seen how I have to crane my neck higher and higher and higher to see the sky now. The green of nature has been replaced by my grey and the grey is winning. I've seen stars. Sometimes. At most times they're planes or billboards but I can pretend. 
and I've seen cricket stop the whole place. And I've seen Hindus and Muslims and Christians and Sikhs and Zoroastrians debate the effect Sachin Tendulkar had on the game. School, college, work and life forgotten for the result of the India-Pakistan match. A hundred people huddled outside a TV shop watching the game through the window, rushing home from school during the lunch break to catch a few overs how their lives go on on a schedule that circles around the next match, the next TV show and sometimes the next rupee and the next meal. Cutting chai, vada pav, bhel puri, pani puri, sev puri, matka kulfi and chatai pav bhaji, these aren't the names of street foods, these are street experiences. You munch on and just hear them people talk, man. They'll talk your ears right off if you aren't careful. Anything and everything under the sun, man. How the local corporator is a goon. How the cricket match was fixed. Pakka. How their second cousin's married friend is having an affair. How their third cousin, end times removed, is a quasi-famous movie star. Dog. Or something. How the single dude living in their building is secretly holding hands with the auntie who lives two floors above. Yes, holding hands. The humanity. How the traffic sucks and their job sucks and their wife doesn't. Universal problems yet which seem singularly unique. Life in Bombay is odd like that. Jugaad. You hear that word a lot. Setting. Mera setting karana yaar. Setting which has nothing in common with the English word. Setting and jol and jugaad. Riding the thin line between legal and illegal like a razor blade. A culturally accepted con. Find the shortcut to save time, money and effort. Fail on all three counts but lather, rinse, repeat. We have all seen some things man but the spirit of this city will not be dimmed. A virtual smorgasbord of cultures and races and schools of thought, all in upheaval, all that could come to conflict in seconds. Societal order balanced on the head of a pin and within all those divisions there is another. Are you from the south or the north? No, not the country, the city. Are you from Andheri or Kolaba? Nah, man, I'm from Sion. There's a city like that called in Switzerland and I reckon we'll fit fine in there. You see, my home was neither the place where the glitterati conglomerated nor was it an urban ghetto. I suppose in that way it was pretty vanilla and I've still seen some things, man. Makes sense that I live in Brunswick now, eh? And as I look back on it from far away, I realize it's a lot closer than it seems. I realize that that city is me and I am it. A living, breathing organism made of millions upon millions of souls living in close quarters, living the dream or living the nightmare. Reveling in its splendor and unpredictability and its glorious, shimmering, shivering, screaming facade. Oh, ow, I miss you terribly, my friend. And for that, I resisted the urge to fly away and try to tie myself to you. But my efforts were feeble and far too few. I had to leave you then, I knew. But I would be back again, I vowed, and as such there is not much to say now. A singular face in a teeming throng I shall leave as I came. No odes for me, 
no poems, no bursts of song, only the wind shall remember my name. But your name shall live forever on, the golden songbird, the place where hope shall eternal spring. And in my place many shall be born, and that songbird will forever sing. Edil-e-mushkil jina-yaha Zara-hat-ke, zara-bach-ke Yeh-e-bambay-meri-jaha Oh my heart, life's a struggle here. Be careful, be streetwise. This is Bombay, my love. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing that with us, Krish. You're welcome. My gosh, you take us there. Like, it's, it's like, it's you there. You, you're in Bombay. It's awesome. It's, it bursts off the page. I've seen you perform that in public. And just we, we, you know, we were thinking, how is this going to work on radio? It works. It works. It's it's one of my more personal pieces. Um, I think I, I tried to. That's that's what I wanted when I wrote the poem is to have this this visual image imprinted on page. So when you read it, you are in that marketplace. You're in that bus stop. You're in that train station. You're you in you there. Are. You are there with you. It is. So beautiful writing and I hope in because of that many more people go to Bombay because do it's an awesome city I was just about to say that it's like you know if you think oh India yeah maybe maybe not and then I just hearing you do that again I'm like I want to go to India I'd like, experience that oh. in fairness it would take you a while to experience that yeah I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine because you, you what I've heard by friends who have, have been to India you did just a shock and you know all that sort of stuff but it's just it's strange to look at it from an insider's perspective um, because uh, since I've grown up there, essentially, um, all of those uh, stories that I hear about my city from people who have visited it as, as tourists, they're fascinating to me because I've never seen it from that perspective. Absolutely. Do you find, though, like what I find is when I have friends from Europe come and visit me here, I yeah. do see Melbourne through their eyes. Like yeah, that. it's 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 amazing. Um, I completely agree with you. And that's why I love visiting places in the city with people who are natives of the city because they they explain it with so much more enthusiasm and, and love that it's almost palpable. Yeah. I, I love that experience. Um, and I think I, I try to do that with my rendering of, of the city that I grew up in. Uh, and I hope that through that poem, people at least get a, a, a fresher perspective on what Definitely. Bombay is. It feels really fresh. It feels very authentic. You know, it feels like you can. I could smell things like through that poem. You know, you could hear the humming and the bustling and, and just the energy. Oh yes, yeah. oh and yes, most definitely. Mm. Uh, Bombay has a unique energy. Uh, it's just the hustle and the bustle and the chaos from seven in the morning. Uh, um, there, there are street stalls that I've been to about four in the morning that there are open and people are having food there. Uh, that's probably things that you might not see in Melbourne exactly. necessarily. Exactly. That whole idea of like the cities that never sleep. Yeah. You, know, you kind of think of New York and places like that. But then, yeah. You've... Oh, I, th- I would think that, that we have a fair claim uh, as natives of Bombay to have the city that never sleeps. Uh, used as as the slogan for for Bombay because it's and it's the strangest thing when when I talk in uh, this is something I get uh, asked out asked about a lot is um, Bombay or Mumbai of yes, uh, the yes, name yes this is a good 
thing that you can clarify? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think with me, it's been whenever I speak English, it it, it instinctively instinctively comes out as as Bombay. Uh, and also, when I was growing up, um, until the mid nineties, I'm not sure about the exact dates, but they changed the name from Bombay to Mumbai because Mumbai is what the natives called it from a temple that's on the outskirts of the city, the Fisher Goddess. Uh, Bombay was, it's like a Anglo and a Portuguese corruption of the name or a version of that name. Uh, and I think whenever I speak English, it just comes out as Bombay because it's an English name um, for, you know, for all rights and purposes. Uh, while when I'm speaking Hindi or Marathi, it'll, it'll always be Mumbai because mm-hmm. that's the native word for it. Well, this leads perfectly into where I wanted to take you, um, into the idea of language and your polyglot nature. Yeah. Um, do you, like, much like with these two, you know, like Bombay and Brunswick and home and where is it and all those kind of things, I really, like, do you, well, I've got so many things I want to ask you in so little time. Um, in terms of language, do you feel at home in one language more than the other? Uh I would say, if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, probably not. But now that I've spent a significant portion of my life speaking in English, I would think that I formulate my thoughts primarily on English. I think so. It's become that way. Uh, Unless I'm I'm talking with my family, uh, in which case it would be... Hindi or Tamil, which would which would be the predominant language. I don't know which one out of those two. Okay. Uh, but I'd say in the time that I've lived here, um, I think English has become the language that I think in. What about what you write in? Ooh. Um, I have attempted to write in, in Tamil and Hindi. Strangely, I've, I've not done well. It's always bothered always me. In yeah, always in English. Always it's, in English. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've, I think I've been pretty much writing primarily in English for a while now. I think it's because I, I never felt the need to to write in in Hindi or Tamil. But like, the only reason for that was because there's so much literature on that available already, and all the kids were already writing in it in the school that I was in. So like, for me, it was just trying to be different. I guess started doing work in English. Uh, and since then, it's just progressed from that point. Um, I wish I could be more proficient in writing in Hindi. I think it's something that I will work on. Mm-hmm. But for now, I think I'm a primarily English um, speaking and writing okay. kind of person. Makes sense. Now, I could talk about this for hours, as you know, so I'm not going to do that because we literally are running oh, out of can't time. Oh, can't we? <laughs> no. Well, we'll get you in another time. Oh, we'll yeah. I would love it. We will. We will. We'll get, we have, I have to get you back in. <laughs> and you're on Team Ella now, so you're back in. Um, but what I must do before I let you go is we have to talk about your book that's just come out. So Krisha's just self-published a book called Ramblings. How can people get their hot little hands on it? Go to my Twitter, at Krish Says Things. There's a link to the book in my bio. Alternatively, you could go to blurb.com, B-L-U-R-B, and search Ramblings, and it'll show up. I'll be doing various poetry gigs in the city, which I'll update on my Twitter. Come say hi, and we can chat. And finally, uh, my friend and I organize a poetry poetry slam every other Wednesday uh, on Sydney Road at a place called My Handlebar called Slam of the Century. Look us up. Uh, on Facebook and come see me there and we'll talk. 
Thanks so much for coming into the studios today, Krish. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It has. It's been a pleasure indeed. And um, you've been listening to 3CR's Spoken Word, and my name is Ella Fanelska. And I look forward to your company next time. A quick word about the live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel in Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon, and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at 30 Dirk, Level 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street. The House of Bricks, on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Katsati, that's me, corner of Bud and Keel Streets, Collingwood. Melbourne Poets Union is usually on the last Wednesday of the month at the Wheeler Centre. All of these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene.